Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lapse Factor Podcast. What is up, College Across fans? You're watching episode I have no idea of the Lax Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Hoost, and today I want to talk about PLL rookies the reason being we're heading into the playoffs here this weekend uh, so I don't want to make a determination on who I think should be the rookie of the year I really just want to talk about some you know some rookies that had uh, uh, good seasons and that should be considered along with who obviously at the end I'm going to pick as my favorites but I think the playoffs are going to matter uh, to a degree or at least they should you know winning does matter after all so before I get into it as always be sure to like and subscribe share the crap out of this video as I haven't put one out for a little while so the YouTube gods are probably not going to serve this up as much as they normally would so share this with your homies but just give me a like if you're watching this and that'll help get this out to everybody and as always you can go to laxfactor.com and support us that way we have swag there we put all the videos up and now every podcast that we put up on YouTube and, and on the interwebs will have an accompany, accompanying blog post that you can also kind of go and read up on. Uh, pretty much it's just going to be my notes put into blog form. So that's that too. So let's get into this here. First thing that I want to say is in pro sports, rookies tend to fare a bit better on the offensive side of the ball than they do on the defensive side. And the reason for that is simple. Defense, it's not a young man's game. It requires you blend your athleticism with geometry. And the more angular math you've had a chance to practice as a pro lacrosse player, the more valuable you're going to end up being as a defender. So when you kind of look at statistically takeaway guys and all of that, you see a lot of guys emerging in their second year as defenders, uh, JT Giles Harris being an example of that. But you're not going to see a lot of rookies just step onto the field defensively and dominate because it just doesn't happen. It's a it's a it's a thinking man's game defense, and not that offense isn't. You're going to see as I talk about some statistics here with these rookies, these five rookies. I think maybe even six rookies that I'm going to talk about. You'll see one trend, and it's turnovers. They all tend, especially the ball carrying variety, they tend to turn the ball over a lot more than their pro contemporaries, despite putting up similar point totals. Uh, but the, those turnovers hurt them, and so you know, offensive rookies are not perfect by any means. But sometimes that youthful exuberance and ignorance ends up playing really well on the offensive side in terms of risk-taking. Picture an NFL receiver. You got a 23-year-old kid in the prime of his life in terms of his speed, all of his joints being properly lubed up and everything like that. That's going to pay dividends at times on offense if he's a receiver on deep routes and things of that sort. So it's a very similar dynamic in all pro sports, I think, to a degree. Um, But I digress. So let's get into the first guy you know, as we kind of come down here and we see the guys that we're going to talk about, the rookies are just dominated. They don't even really put the the cause turnovers and crap like that on here um, because it's just you don't have enough rookies that are contributing at that level. Um, so the first guy I want to talk about here is Jungle Jack Hanna, a big boy midfielder out of Denver, volume shooter, but he needs to improve his accuracy. He was plagued while he was at Denver with early season shooting woes 
very poor shooting percentage, usually early in the season that would kind of slowly shift to better, you know, to improve. You'd see improvements as the season went on to the point where he'd usually finish somewhere in the area of 25 to like 31% or so. I don't have that statistic in front of me, but always plagued by poor shooting early in the season. And he would kind of get, uh, get acclimated and, and improve over the season. It, that's kind of followed him here into the PLL for the water dogs so far, 11 goals off 65 shots, 63% of those shots were on cage, but only 17% of those bad boys went in. Now, if he can find a way to clean up that shooting, even just a little bit sky's the limit and the sky's the limit for this kids. I mean, jungle Jack is going to be a, a, a top midfielder in the PLL for many years to come and he's going to perform well. But uh, you know, right now that's the blemish here overall, statistically 14 points off 11 goals and three assists, 17% shooting. As I said, he needs to improve upon that five turnovers five ground balls so that's not bad overall it's a hell of a rookie rookie season in the end and I'm, like I said, I'm sure he's going to have a huge pro career, but that is not going to be good enough to get him rookie of the year, uh, at least. Now, next guy I want to talk about here is Matt Moore, high-volume shooter, but a savage as a do-or-die Dodger out of Virginia. Moore was one of the best Dodgers in college lacrosse over his last two seasons. He had a huge stretch over his second, third, and fourth pro games here this year, uh, going for four points against the Chaos, six points against the Cannons, and then three points against the Atlas. And then since then, he's been a little bit quiet. 20 points of 15 goals and five helpers. He's 14th in the league in points, ninth in goals. And I'll say that a lot where I, you know, his number isn't really that. They just list one through 25 or something like that. But when you, when you consider the, the tied scores, these numbers that I'm giving you are, are fairly accurate. 14th in points, ninth in goals for more 35% shooting, which is, is surprising to me because what we've kind of seen with all of these guys is their college level shooting percentages were higher than their rookie season PLL shooting percentages. Moore's one of the outliers where that is not the case. He actually is shooting the rock much better uh, as a pro so far than, uh, than in his college days. Now he's taken a step back after the first four games in that way, but still not too bad. Um, 13 turnovers, not, not terrible considering he's a Dodger primarily three cause turnovers overall more very solid rookie output. But as the season wore on, he's simply not finishing the same shots that he finished earlier in the year over those, that three game stretch over his first four games. But I think that I, I, you know, I think he should be pleased. And I think the, the archers coaches are probably pleased with the fact that he's uh, shooting the rocket, a 35% clip right now, because that's, that's high considering his college days and what he did in terms of finishing. Like I said, that's not a knock against him. And he was a high volume shooter. The dude went to the rack. He, he created shots where most guys couldn't. And, and a lot of times those ended up being contested shots and those would be what dragged his shooting percentage down. But overall, going to be a great pro. Just once again, not good enough to be considered the uh, for the Rookie of the Year award uh, here within the PLL. Next guy I would like to talk about is Asher Nolting. He's kind of a can-do-everything attackman out of high, high point. Uh, kid can go to the cage with the best of them. Think like Lyle Thompson and Connor Fields, but with a much thicker frame so that he can kind of, you know, they both handle double teams well, and they're both do-or-die dodgers. It's like, I'm going to dodge you, re-dodge you, re-dodge you until I make something happen. And Nolting is is kind of born of that blood for sure. And he can handle those double teams because of his size. So he can he has the capability of overpowering a defender. My only knock against Nolting in his college days was the turnovers. And that's kind of, you, you see that theme here so far in his PLL career. 
he cleaned up the turnovers by his senior year at the college level. Uh, by his graduate season, he he turned the ball over at a much lower clip than he had previously. But uh, those turnover issues, you know, in the PLL, 23 points so far in this PLL season, 31 turnovers. And he's not going to be the only guy I'm going to talk about that has more turnovers than points or that whose numbers are, are that close. But still... A lot of turnovers, and that's going to be a trend here. Guys that carry the ball, rookies that carry the ball specifically, end up, as we're going to see, turning the ball over a lot more than the guys who don't or than their veteran counterparts that are playing similar roles. So you can see Lyle did not turn the ball over as much as Nolting, despite getting even more touches than Nolting. But you know, Nolting being a, a, a high-volume ball carrier, he's going to turn the ball over and make mistakes, especially with the veteran defenders, as I said. Uh, 23 points off 14 goals and nine assists, 11th in points in the league, 10th in goals, 9th in assists. So just good all-around numbers for Nolting. 31 turnovers, that is second in the league with only two cause turnovers in the ride game and then 13 ground balls. An incredible talent, future Hall of Famer in my opinion. I think this kid's going to be one of the best attackmen in the league for many years to come, but there's obviously guys I think this season still that we're going to talk about that uh, deserve the nod and the, the true consideration for Rookie of the Year more than Sir Asher Nolting. We're going to get into I mean, really, he should have a Sir at the beginning of his name. It just flows well. Sir Asher Olting. Asher Nolting. Uh, next guy I would like to talk about is Chris Gray. Literal offensive Swiss Army knife out of North Carolina. He is an elite finisher overall, but more specifically, the dude is a monster finishing the rock in transition or just generating any level of offense in transition can absolutely murder you with early offense before your defense gets settled more than proficient as a Dodger. I feel, especially at the PLL level, I think that, you know, in college he, he could dodge and he would dodge a lot in weird situations. And he's got a really shifty in terms of his quickness. He, he's not the fastest of dudes. He's not just going to get that first step that blows by a guy, but what he doesn't have in speed, he makes up for in quick release. The dude, even well covered, can get shots off in all sorts of weird positions. Uh, that release comes very quickly. As soon as that window opens for him to get that shot off, sometimes it doesn't even need to be open. He's going to get that shot off. Uh, he can spot shoot, finish on the run from odd angles, and scores highlight real goals in bunches. So it, one of the most exciting players in the sport of lacrosse, hands down. 34 points off 16 goals and 16 assists, including a two-point goal. He's fifth in points, eighth in goals, fifth in assists, 28% shooting, which I was surprised as I was looking this up and writing this up that his shooting percentage wasn't at 30 or better. But hey, you know, what are you going to do? He's a rookie. 18 turnovers, 10th in the league in turnovers with one cause turnover, seven GBs. Now, this, this would normally be uh, solid enough for serious consideration, and I think Gray is going to be semi-seriously considered. But just like the Twarton was always just out of reach, Gray would go into a season. He'd be the favorite for the Twarton. Uh, at least his last two seasons he was. And then there was just somebody who had a better year both of those years, and that's going to be the case here. He had a, has had a very good rookie season, very successful, and will once again be one of the best attackmen in the league for years to come. But, but there are two guys that happen to be teammates that are still ahead of Chris Gray. So the next guy I want to talk about here, Logan Wisnowskis, Chrome lefty sniper slash finisher, twenty two. 
uh, Tawarton winner out of Maryland. The kid impressed me a great deal in 2022. I knew he was going to be a more than uh, deserving number one taking over for Jared Bernhardt, who looks like he's going to make the Falcons roster. Um, but where, where he impressed me was in his as he kind of led that offense, not just the offense, but a team leader and generator of points for the Terps, the clear winner of the Tawarton, hands down, and I did not think that would be the case. I legitimately thought he would be right up there in consideration, but I thought Chris Gray was going to edge him out in 2022, but his numbers spoke for themselves, helped lead one of the most efficient offenses in the history of college lacrosse. Uh, he's been uh, equally as good this season in terms of his pro- uh, efficiency for Chrome, putting up 35 points on 24 goals with 11 assists while shooting the rock at a 39% clip, the best of all the rookies, I believe. Uh, that is as good as a rookie season could seemingly get. 35 points, 24 goals, 11 helpers, 4th in points, 2nd in goals, 7th in assists, with a 39% shooting percentage. That is 5th amongst guys with more than 25 shots, if I figured that correctly. 7 turnovers, 0 cause turnovers, and 10 JBs. Many think that Wisnowskis should be the rookie of the year because when you look at the efficiency, he's not the highest point getter out of all the rookies. His teammate that we're going to talk about next is, but... 39% shooting with zero turnovers. Granted, he's not a huge ball carrier, but he has dodged quite a bit. He's just, when when he goes to the rack, he knows those uh, uh, good times, as they would call them. It's a good time. He can pick the good times with the best of them. And when when he unloads shots, he puts them on cage and more, you know, not more often than not, but more often than most players, puts them past goalkeepers. Um, But I I still think we got to seriously consider this next guy. And depending on how the playoff goes, I think uh, it's going to be between Wisnowskis and his teammate that I'll talk about next here, which is Brendan Nickturn. And uh, Nickturn, Chrome, quarterback of an offense with a metric shit ton of future upside. He's out of Army. I've been a Nickturn fan since his breakout sophomore season. Uh, I'm not a genius or anything like that. It just so happens that Syracuse plays Army every year, and Nickturn uh, beyond being one of the best offensive talents to ever come out of the Patriot League, he's also a veritable serious uh, serial. I almost said serious or serial killer. Uh, Syracuse killer put up eight goals and five assists in his last two meetings against the Orange and propelled Army to victory in both of those games. I had no doubt that he was a steal uh, as the top uh, pick in the second round. Uh, but I'm also a bit surprised to see how quickly he's just jumped in and has kind of picked up a, a dominant role here in the PLL. I figured he'd fall somewhere in the area of like 10th or 20th point-wise. I knew he'd be one of the big big point-getters. You always have rookies at the top of that, you know, in the, in the in that top 25. But I am surprised to see him sitting right now uh, tied for second in points overall. Uh, currently, he's tied for third in points, I'm sorry, with 38, tied with Rob Pennell and Jeff T, so not bad company, and only Lyle Thompson and Kieran McCardle are a uh, stand above Nick Turn in terms of points. 38 points off 16 goals and 22 assists. He's second in points, eighth in goals, and second in assists. 28% shooting. I thought that would be a little bit higher um, for him specifically, but he's carrying the ball a ton on this Chrome team, especially for being a rookie. The only blemish here so far in his rookie season, 33 turnovers and only three cause turnovers in the ride game. And once again, ex attackmen are not known for picking up a lot of turnovers in the ride game. You're, you're behind everything in terms of the clear typically by that point, which is, you know, he falls into that, but 33 turnovers, that is a lot. He leads the league in turnovers overall, and he has 11 ground balls. 
So that's an obvious blemish on his record, the turnovers. Rookies that carry the ball in the PLL, they typically do get worked a bit by those veteran defenders, and he's not without elite company at the top of that turnovers list. Nolting is sitting at number two, so we got two rookies that carry the ball a lot at number one and number two in terms of turnovers, but then Matt Rambo's third with 28 turnovers, Lyle Thompson's fourth with 25 turnovers, so the veterans even fall victim to this that have to carry the ball because the defenders in this league are fucking bonkers uh, for real, but you know, just something to consider. But as long as both of those guys, as long as uh, Nick Turn and uh, Nolten can, you know, get those trim those numbers down by four or five turnovers between this season and next season, and then just continue that progression and taking better care of the ball. I think, and I think that'll it'll do two things. I think as they finish the rock a little bit more efficiently, they'll also take care of the rock a little bit more efficiently, and your your IQ is just going to increase as you get used to the speed of the game and getting the absolute sh- shit kicked out of you week in and week out by these savage defenders. So that's it. Uh, if I had to pick, though, now if I'm sitting here and I said, hey, as of today, you got to pick a rookie of the year, I think I go with Nick Turn. I think I go with Nick Turn because of, of how well he's done with the attention and the eyeballs that he's drawn in terms of being a ball carrying attackman. I like what he's done for the Chrome in terms of stepping into a leadership role, quarterbacking the offense. I think that opens up things up for everybody else because teams legitimately have to worry about this dude at X with the Rock. And, uh, you know, so I'd have to go with Nick Turn today just because that point total's tough. And even with the turnovers, even with the turnovers, I think that a quarterback of an offense is typically going to be a little bit more valuable to that franchise than the 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 receiver of the offense, or in this case, kind of the finisher of the offense like Wisnowskis. Uh, and that's not a knock against Wisnowskis. Um, and, and I could absolutely be swayed based on playoff performance. You know, if Wisnowskis puts up a couple more points in the playoffs over Nick Turn, uh, then maybe that sways my decision a little bit in that way. But here's the big thing. I am not usually for co-awards. I kind of hate co-awards. I think the idea behind an award is one person should win it. But in a case like this where we're dealing with two rookies that have propelled the Chrome from being one of the worst teams in the league to being one of the best teams in the league, and they are obviously their offensive leaders, I think that that might put us in a position where I, I wouldn't get butthurt if they picked co-rookies of the year this year and had Nick Turn and Wisnowskis both share the rookie of the year because of how important they've been to this Chrome offense here overall. So that would not make me upset in the slightest if that were to happen. And I'm going on record as saying that because usually I chirp uh, scenarios where they try to give two people the top spot. But in this case, I think it might be fitting here. So that is it, guys. That is today's show. What did I do? I rambled for 17 minutes about PLL Rookie, so that's not too bad. Next video, we'll probably be uh, discussing the PLL finals and all that crap. Like I said, I've struggled wanting to cover the PLL. I watch the PLL every weekend. There's games. I watch almost all of the games. And I have through the season. I've just found myself at a lack of with a lack of motivation for sitting down and writing a podcast and actually talking about the PLL. So today it was kind of easy because it's like, hey man, I, I know these guys. I've been talking about these rookies for the last three or four seasons, or the, you know, pretty much the three seasons that I've been doing the podcast. I've been talking about these guys. So I figured that was a good, uh, a good mirror, a good lens for me to talk about the PLL through was recognizing some of the accomplishments of these rookies. And maybe maybe we'll get into in the next video. Maybe we'll cover. Guys like Inacio and some other guys that have gotten a little bit of that have gotten time and have done well, but just aren't because they're they're not offensive guys. They're just not getting the light and the shine that some of these uh, these six that I talked about today got. So that's it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, share this with everybody. If you're not a YouTube watcher or a Spotify watcher 
then uh, you could certainly go to YouTube and Spotify and start watching the podcast. There's visual for all of this crap here, even if it's not elaborate and crazy. We got highlights mixed in with pictures and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, be sure to check Spotify and YouTube out where you can get the video version of this. But other than that, I'm cool with you listeners, too, you creepy guys that are driving down the road listening to me as you talk. So I thank everybody for supporting me, and uh, I'm looking forward to fall ball hitting pretty uh, pretty soon here. We're going to have a ton of recruiting news to talk about in the next week or two, so I'm starting to get excited about lacrosse again, uh, excited about the upcoming college fall ball season and then into the spring, so we'll be able to get more content out for you all, but thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and Hoost is out. 